Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Today's reading is from Acts 16, verses 11 through 15. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day, we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. You've been tracking with us over the last two months. We've been exploring the values of the early church. And uh, today we kind of wrap up that that sermon series that that we've been on. Uh, And today leans on the practical side of things. Uh, We are uh, taking a look at relational evangelism today. Relational evangelism. Uh, But next week, I just want to throw in a little commercial here. Uh, Next week, we begin the letter of James. We're going to start working through the the letter of James next week. Uh, But for today, I want to start real quick by going to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And a quick story. Jesus is on his way. He's, He's moving around. And this man runs up to him and falls on his knees before Jesus. And it's like, oh, wow, like something must be happening, something big or is something wrong? Like, what is going on? And this man says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit an eternal life? And Jesus responds, why do you call me good? No one's good except God alone. You know, the commandments don't kill, don't adultery, steal, you know, and so on and so on. And the man declares to Jesus, yes, like. Those are all of my my things, like or not my things. Like I, I have not I have not done those things. Teacher, I have kept all of the law since I was a boy. And then in verse twenty one of Mark chapter ten, Jesus looks at the man, and it just simply says, Jesus looked at the man and loved him. You lack one thing, Jesus said. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And so at this, the the man's face just fell. And then he went away sad because he he was very wealthy. He had lots of wealth. Now this story is uh, good to explore and learn from. And we're not going to do that today, though. The reason why I bring up this story is actually to question Jesus' evangelism skills. Because it's like, hey, Jesus, right here is an eager person. Isn't this low-hanging fruit? Like, many of us, like, we would run after this person. We would run after this person. But here's the thing. Jesus knew that this man's heart wasn't ready yet. 
And really, we don't see Jesus run after anybody. Jesus is of invitation. And he makes himself, he made himself available, and he invited people to be receptive and responsive to the good life that is found in God. In other words, if you're not ready, Jesus isn't going to force you. And so in terms of evangelism, and I'm taking a very broad definition of evangelism here, pointing people to good news, specifically leading somebody to salvation, everything that goes in and around that, a broad definition of evangelism, uh, the practice of good newsing. You know, in terms of evangelism, how do we know somebody is ready? Because we don't want to force a door that isn't ready to be opened. Jesus helps us out. Jesus actually gives us a strategy. Jesus gives us some, some principles. And that's actually found in Luke chapter 10. So real quick, Luke chapter 10. There's a story. Jesus sends out 72 disciples on a missionary trip. And he gives them special instructions. He says, okay, when you enter a house, say peace to this house. If a person of peace is there, your peace will, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you and you move on. In discipleship language, we call this a person of peace. A person of peace. Some of the, this, this term might be brand new to you this morning. Um, some of you have heard me talk about people of peace before. A person of peace. It means this. In ways that we really don't know on this side of heaven, a person has been prepared by the Holy Spirit to receive the message of the kingdom and the king. There is a time and a place for altar calls. There is a time and a place for street evangelism, for evangelistic crusades. Okay, But today, specifically, from the book of evangelism, we're turning to the chapter of relational evangelism, and we're talking about people of peace. Relational evangelism is one of the methods of sharing good news. It's where you share the news of Jesus through relationship. It's where you see all of life as an opportunity to share good news. And it's something that all of us are equipped to do because, one, you're alive, right? We're all still, still breathing here this morning. We're all alive, so that means we have a life. And we also know people. We know people. Not all of us are gifted and equipped to be that, that street evangelist or some other type of evangelist that is out there, but all of us here are invited to simply just be ourselves, live our life for Jesus, and use that as an approach to evangelism. Okay? So we, we all have relationships with people. And so the second question is, okay, where do I start? God tells me, Jesus tells me to go out and make disciples of all nations. Where do I start? And this is where Jesus's strategy of looking for people of peace comes into play. When you enter into a home, when you enter into a context, when you go to a diner, you go to the gym, you go to college, 
you go to high school, you go to the park, you go to the trail, you go to Starbucks, the farmer's market, and so on. When you go to a church function, you look for a person who just naturally welcomes you, and there's natural chemistry there, and perhaps we can just even say, you know what, they just sort of lean into you. And if you're an introvert, you're going to love this strategy, because essentially they're going to make it easy for you to have that conversation. And so think about it in your lists of relationships here, in all your spheres and arenas of who you are and where you go. Think about just who is naturally open to you, receptive to who you are and what you are. And a good example of a person of peace is found in Acts chapter 16, the story of Lydia and her conversion in Philippi. So we're going to explore that today. Acts chapter 16, this story comes from Paul's second missionary journey. So let's, let's jump into it here. The story starts off with some travel details. Verse 11, it says, From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight to Samothrace. And the next day we went to Neapolis, the new city. So Neapolis is the seaport town of Philippi. Philippi is a little bit off the coast, but first is Neapolis. Now what's really fun here is that when they get off the boat here in Neapolis, they are officially in Europe. The missionaries have landed in Europe. In verse 12, it says, from there they, they traveled to Philippi, which is a Roman colony in a leading city of the district of Macedonia. And they stayed there for several days. So let's talk about Philippi real quick. It's a city in Macedonia, a key city. It's a strategic city. It's the gateway city between Europe and Asia Minor. So you're going to have highways, people passing through, travelers and, and merchants and all of that. Philippi is a key city. And so the team, at least those that, that we know of, is Paul, Silas, Timothy, and probably Luke was with them at this point. And they stayed there for a couple of days. And then on verse, uh, verse 13, it says, On the Sabbath, we went outside to the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. And so, apparently, there is no Jewish synagogue to go to. And so they look for the next best possible place to gather. And it's the style of the times. Meet outside the city gates. Find a nice peaceful, peaceful spot for prayer. And so outside the city, once again, they're expecting to find a place of prayer. And you know what? They weren't wrong. They bumped into a gathering of women. So the missionaries are now in this city that's brand new to them. Now they're entering into a new context, and they sit down with the women. That was appropriate, by the way, for Jewish teachers to do so. But now the, the, the true question is, though, will they be received well? So Paul and the guys, they start chatting with the ladies. 
And you know what? They were received well. Started off probably with casual conversation, and then Paul eventually was able to talk about the message of Jesus. Check out verse 14. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira. Her name was Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. Okay, so Lydia, she's not from Philippi. She's from a nearby city. But we're told that she is a dealer of purple cloth. It's an important use in the Roman world. Uh, couch covers, purple couch co uh, covers were all the rage back then. It was, an, it was expensive. It was valuable. Purple was also connected to the pagan worship of Dionysus. So the backstory is, at least how I read it, how I think, the reason why we have this little detail um, is probably just to paint this picture that she probably is wealthy. Um, she's a prominent, successful lady in this first century world. And so Luke lets us know, I mean, she, she's not Jewish, but she does have an understanding of God. She is a worshiper of, of God. So this is super helpful. And so in our own life, let's pause real quick. You'll know some cynics or some skeptics. Some people might be interested spectators in your life. But then... As you think about all of your relationships, there's going to be a few people who are prepared to hear. They are just prepped by the Holy Spirit. They're, they're ready to go. Lydia is one of them. She was prepared, uh, ready to receive Paul's message about Jesus. And so Lydia would be an example of a friend who looks positively on the Bible or this idea of, of church culture. Someone who has good things going on in their heart. And they're ready to, to understand the good news about Jesus. So Lydia's mind was, was ready to receive the truth. Her heart was ready to receive the truth. Now, in our relationships, let, let's stay humble. It's important to know that we aren't the center. Evangelism is not about us. And let's also just uh, think um, about the Holy Spirit here. The Holy Spirit is free. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is working in and around the person you are building a relationship with. The Holy Spirit has gone before and gracefully prepared Lydia for a chance to respond to the gospel. It says, the Lord opened Lydia's heart to respond to Paul's message about the gospel of the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit was present and Lydia did not miss out. And as far as we know, Lydia is the first European convert right there on this missionary trip. Her heart and her mind are in agreement and she is putting her trust in Jesus Christ. But guess what? She moved to action just like what a person of peace would do, she served back. She showed hospitality. All right, just, just organic hospitality. Verse 15, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. She said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. We don't know what Paul said. 
We don't know how long Paul got to talk, if he got to start way back in the beginning of the Torah and work, work his way through Israel's long history about the story of Jesus and incarnation and crucifixion and resurrection. You know, like We don't know all of these story narrative details that Paul got to share. What we do know is Lydia was ready. Prepped by the Holy Spirit. She, she welcomed Paul and his message. She became a believer in Jesus. And then she introduced Jesus to her whole household. And they were baptized probably in the stream where all of this was happening. So what's really great here is that you have this unreached Roman colony. And then in that colony is a previously unreached household but now, just through one person, through Lydia, a whole household belongs to Jesus. And most likely, Lydia's household is the first house church in Europe. Isn't that awesome? To share one personal example here, using the, the person of peace strategy, over the last year, I've become close with a person in our community. And I've gotten to get to yeah get to know this person and I've even gotten to meet some of their family members. I've gotten to meet some of their neighbors. And really cool things are happening in this relationship. And it all goes back to when I first met this person. They wanted to meet up and talk, talk about church things, right? And sometimes as a as a as a pastor, you know, you just you don't know what Somebody wants to talk theology, church, you know, like, like that could be anything. Like, where are they coming from? Who is this person? But here, here's the thing. They said, I'll bring the coffee. And that was just a little Holy Spirit nudge, a little Holy Spirit nugget there for me. It was like God was just tapping me, whispering, here's a person. They're interested. They're excited. They have questions. They have lots of questions. But they... They want to serve you. They're showing hospitality. They're like, I'll bring the coffee. And so by recognizing this person as a person of peace, God was like, yeah, this is a relationship I want you to pour gas on. Like, pour gas on this fire. <laughs> See where it goes. And you know what? It's been really good. I've been blessed tremendously by getting to know this person. So relational evangelism, and let's throw discipleship in there because we can't really divorce the two. Relational evangelism and discipleship, it does involve persuasion and presentation. But really, it involves a whole lot of presence. Presence. It takes time. Good newsing takes time. And there's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It, it is a principle-based approach. It is just between you getting to know this person and what God is doing in their life and what you think is the next appropriate thing to say or do with that person. Good newsing takes time. It is custom-made as it goes. And so as we live our lives in the places and spaces that we go, in the circles of, of friends that we have, our neighbors, our family, our acquaintances, co-workers, we are called to be a faithful presence. And I believe right now there are people in your life 
they are people of peace for you. They might know Jesus, they might not. They might not have, uh, they might not be dialed in with Jesus yet. But this is where we recognize we're not in control. God is. We trust that God is present, that God is working. We remind ourselves that God does the saving. So perhaps when we say we want to meet people where they're at, it's actually shorthand for we meet Jesus where he is in the midst of people where they are. That comes from Dr. Len Sweet. So Lydia, she already had an orientation towards God that is super helpful. The spirit of, of Jesus was, was preparing her to receive the message of the gospel. She was a person of peace, a gateway to a previously unreached household in the middle of a pagan city. And so in summary here, here are the four elements to look for in terms of a person of peace. And this is on the back side of your handout here. Four things to look for. Look for somebody who is leaning into you. All right? Just, you know, and that, that's in quotes. Somebody who's, who's like leaning into you, meaning they're leaning into this relationship that they have um, and the moving and mixing of people, people coming and going in our lives and the people we, we bounce in and out of. There's going to be someone who just sort of actually sticks around a little bit. They're just, they're leaning into your life. Look for people who have a natural bond and chemistry with you. As you get to know somebody, perhaps a, you go to a diner frequently and you, you have like the same waitress and, and you just kind of notice like she, she wants to talk with you. She, she's leaning in. She, she, she gets to know your name, know your story, your background. And, and then there just seems to be this natural flow of conversation. Perhaps as an example I'm thinking of off the top of my head, but you look for somebody who has just natural chemistry with you. The relationship comes about in an easy way. You gel with the person. You just naturally click well with the other person. I mean, think about your best relationships. How does that start? Like, very rarely do people just say, hey, let's be best friends. Like, how do best friends actually happen? I don't know, it's a mystery. That's what we're talking about, where you just naturally click. It just happens, okay? And a tip is to look for those people where it just kind of feels like you've known them for a long time, even if you just met them recently. Look for people who serve you and want to be with you, our third point. They don't just see you as, a, as the nice person, the Jesus person the kind person, the generous person. You're, you're not just this provider of goods where they just take, take, and take. But they organically, naturally give back to you. They, they serve you, meaning they just show natural hospitality towards you, this reciprocity. You're not asking for anything in return. And the next thing you know, it's like they're baking you cookies. And you're like, oh, okay, let's see where this goes. You know, they... they, they become the ones who are invitational. They speak good words back to you. They do acts of kindness, you know, for you. 
Even if they're not Jesus people yet. They can be really Jesus-y people, you know? There are really Jesus-y atheists out there, you know? There, there are kind people out there. Something to just pay attention to. And the fourth point here is look for people who are interested in your lifestyle and faith. If someone is leaning into you, if they welcome you, if they welcome you, they typically will welcome the message that you carry. And so not in any you know, forced way, but you naturally pray with them or pray for them. You, you, you share Bible with them. You get them groceries. You fill up a tank of gas. You just, you just talk about Jesus. Share your testimony. Talk about what God has done you know, in your life. What your devotionals were about that morning. And then you just pass it along to them. And it's not that you're forcing anything on them. But it's just natural and they accept it. They're interested. These are the things that we're looking for in your life. And so church, as kingdom workers... As harvesters of the Lord, this people of peace strategy, it invites us to discern the season of each person's soul. And that can be, that can be hard because we, we can't read people's hearts. But in our relationships, these people of peace, God will give you pointers. He'll give you signs. He'll tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, this is a person, this is a relationship to go after. And so may we trust and believe and be reminded that God does most of the work. God works in people's lives. We each have a God-given role. Some plant, some water, but God brings the growth. So I just want to close with summarizing words from Michael Breen. He says, our main job is to walk through life with our eyes open and ears listening to the spirit as he reveals to us the person of peace he has prepared. That's a close in prayer.